No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where David is forced to escape Jerusalem to flee from his son Absalom, leaving behind his ten concubines to mind the palace. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 2 Samuel chapter 15 on Simply the Bible. David's son Absalom had succeeded in stealing the hearts of Israel. He went to Hebron with 200 people of Jerusalem where he proclaimed himself to be king. We continue today in 2 Samuel chapter 15, verse 13. Now a messenger came to David saying, The hearts of the men of Israel are with Absalom. So David said to all his servants who were with him at Jerusalem, Arise and let us flee, or we shall not escape from Absalom. Make haste to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly and bring disaster upon us and strike the city with the edge of the sword. And the king's servants said to the king, We are your servants, ready to do whatever my lord the king commands. Then the king went out with all his household after him. But the king left ten women, concubines, to keep the house. And the king went out with all the people after him and stopped at the outskirts. Then all his servants passed before him, and all the Carathites, all the Pelathites, and all the Gittites, six hundred men, who had followed him from Gath, passed before the king. So as soon as word comes to David, David just says, look, let's get out of town. We're going to leave Jerusalem and flee. Now, why did David flee? Why didn't he stay and defend the city? I think two reasons. First, he knew that this was all from the hand of the Lord. He knew that this was all coming about because of his two combined sins of adultery and murder and what the prophet Nathan had told him that because of this the sword would never depart from his house because he had despised the Lord and so he had been suffering the pain first his son by Bathsheba died his firstborn son and then uh, Amnon who had violated his half-sister Tamar he was killed by Absalom and now Yet another death would occur with Absalom, who was leading this rebellion. He would ultimately die. And so there was just the understanding that this was happening by the hand of God. But then also, David didn't want the people of Jerusalem to be put to the edge of the sword. David had the shepherd's heart. He didn't want the sheep to suffer as a result of all this. So rather than there being a bloodbath, In Jerusalem, he said, let's just get out of town and and give it over to Absalom. He also left his ten concubines behind, and we will see that they worked into the whole prophecy of Nathan, as we shall see a little bit later on. And David's men went out with him. They were loyal, so willing to go wherever David was going to go. I mean, they said, we are your servants, ready to do whatever my Lord the King commands. So, so great was their love for David that they would have laid their life down for David. And there were his bodyguard, the Carathites, the Pelathites, 
and the Gittites. Now, the Gittites were 600 men from Gath. That is, they were Philistines. And they were also committed to go with David wherever he went. Then the king said to Ittai, the Gittite, Why are you also going with us? Return and remain with the king. For you are a foreigner and also an exile from your own place. In fact, you only came yesterday. Should I make you wander up and down with us today since I go I know not where? Return and take your brethren back. Mercy and truth be with you. Now, Ittai was the commander of the Gittites, the Philistines, and evidently he and these 600 had just arrived. And so David said, you know, just go back home. You don't need to come with me. I don't even know where I'm going. So mercy and truth be with you. You know, be blessed. Go ahead and leave. But Ittai answered the king and said, As the Lord lives, and as my lord the king lives, surely in whatever place my lord the king shall be, whether in death or life, even there also your servant will be. This just speaks of David's reputation with these Philistines. They're willing to die for him. So David said to Ittai, Go and cross over. Then Ittai the Gittite and all his men and all the little ones who were with him crossed over. So they brought their whole families with them. And all the country wept with a loud voice and all the people crossed over. The king himself also crossed over the brook Kidron and all the people crossed over toward the way of the wilderness. I think Ittai is one of the great examples of faith and faithfulness in the Bible. This Gentile who was willing to just be so loyal to David, go wherever David went. Verse 24. There was Zadok also and all the Levites with him, bearing the Ark of the Covenant of God. And they set down the Ark of God. And Abiathar went up until all the people had finished crossing over from the city. Then the king said to Zadok, Carry the Ark of God back into the city. If I find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me back and show me both it and his dwelling place. But if he says thus, I have no delight in you, here I am, let him do to me as seems good to him. So Zadok and Abiathar, the two priests, seeing that David was leaving, thought, well, let's bring the Ark of the Covenant with us and we will go with him so that David has the Lord with him. It was, after all, David who brought the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. But when David saw this, he said, no, 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 carry the ark of God back to the city. Let it stay there. And if I find favor in the eyes of the Lord, then he'll bring me back one day. But if he says, I have no delight in you, then let him do to me what seems best to him. David at this point was completely surrendered to the will of God. He just put himself completely in the hands of God to do whatever God felt that he wanted to do. And he was okay with that. There was just this brokenness in David. And it's beautiful, really, to see just that willingness to surrender to whatever God's will was in his life. The king also said to Zadok the priest, Are you not a seer? Return to the city in peace. 
and your two sons with you, Ahimaaz, your son, and Jonathan, the son of Abiathar. See, I will wait in the plains of the wilderness until word comes from you to inform me. Therefore, Zadok and Abiathar carried the ark of God back to Jerusalem, and they remained there. David knew that whatever Absalom might do to his officials, the priests would pretty much be safe to carry on their normal work unnoticed. And so he said, go ahead, you two priests, take your sons, go back. The four of them would really be spies. And then they could send their sons to relay any messages to David so he would know what Absalom uh, was up to. Verse 30, so David went up by the ascent of the Mount of Olives and wept as he went up, and he had his head covered and went barefoot. And all the people who were with him covered their heads and went up, weeping as they went up. Then someone told David, saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, O Lord, I pray, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. So just a time of great sorrow as they ascended up the Mount of Olives. David was weeping, but why was he weeping? What was it that caused him to weep? Was he upset that he was no longer king or that he had to leave his home or his concubines? or What was he weeping about? I, I believe that he was weeping because his own son Absalom, whom he loved, had betrayed him along with his trusted friend and confidant, Ahithophel, whose wisdom was like the wisdom of God, and then also the people of Jerusalem who were just the sheep, that they didn't know any better. They didn't know what was going on, and they would be deceived by this whole rebellion. And so David just weeping over all of this that was coming upon him. David, in this great time of distress, of weeping, sorrow, of betrayal, what did he do? Well, he prayed. He prayed, first off, for Ahithophel that God would take his good counsel and turn it to foolishness. And then he worshiped the Lord. Now, it happened when David had come to the top of the mountain where he worshiped God. There was Hushai, the archite, coming to meet him with his robe torn and dust on his head. And David said to him, If you go on with me, then you will become a burden to me. But if you return to the city and say to Absalom, I will be your servant, O king, as I was your father's servant previously, so I will now also be your servant, then you may defeat the counsel of Ahithophel for me. And do you not have Zadok and Abiathar the priests with you there? Therefore it will be that whatever you hear from the king's house, you shall tell to Zadok and Abiathar the priests. Indeed, they have there with them their two sons, Ahimaaz, Zadok's son, and Jonathan, Abiathar's son. And by them you shall send me everything you hear. So Hushai, David's friend, went into the city, and Absalom came into Jerusalem. Now David was a great strategist uh, in espionage. You know, he sent the four priests to be spies, and also his friend, who was another counselor, advisor, who would also be a spy and would seek to give counsel to Absalom and really frustrate this, the counsel of Ahithophel. But then he could also send word via the two sons of the priests back to David as to what was going on. 
Hushai was a Gentile who lived in Syria, about 200 miles north of Damascus, and he was David's trusted friend and special counselor. Now, all of the people to whom David gave these special assignments could say, we are your servants, we're ready to do whatever my Lord the King commands. And wouldn't it be great if all of us could also say that to our Lord? We're your servants, Lord. We will go wherever you send us. We'll do whatever you command us. And really, just even as David completely put himself in the Lord's hands, so we also putting ourselves in the Lord's hand, trusting that he will do what is best. So David passed through the Kidron Valley, a metaphor for passing through the valleys of this life. And true, David was weeping now, but later he would rejoice. Perhaps it was as he looked back on this bitter experience that he wrote Psalm 30, I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried out to you and you healed me. O Lord, you brought my soul up from the grave. You have kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. You might be going through a valley of your own today. You might be dealing with the weeping for this night, but understand that as you trust in the Lord, you can count on the fact that joy will come in the morning. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see that as David flees Jerusalem, some people come out to bless him but one person uses the opportunity to curse him. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 2 Samuel on Simply the Bible.